the axe of the blood god. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, US Gamer's official RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. With me today, as always, the lovely Nadia Oxford. Hello, how are you all doing today? And we have an unexpected amount of stuff to cover. We got a lot to cover this week. <laughs> like, I was not... I was really... I was like, oh, it's going to be a quiet week, you know, yeah. close D3, kind of sleepy. Monday morning, we're all kind of like talking about what we want to cover and like how we're going to handle content for this week. And then, Kajoom! <laughs> Like a thunderbolt out of the blue. Out of the blue. Bam. Press release drops. Super NES classic. Coming with 21 games. Many RPGs. We have much mm. to discuss, Nadia. Many things to discuss. So thank you, Nintendo, for giving us a, a busy week. I mean, we're all still a little bit sleepy from E3, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't think I'm complaining. I'm certainly like, no? oh yeah, <laughs> rubbing my hands. Like, this is right in our wheelhouse. We could talk about the yeah. Super NES Classic all freaking summer, right into the fall. Because people like hearing about it, that's for sure, and I like talking about it. But I'm already mad, by the way, though. Like, there was a picture on Reddit yesterday. Mm -hmm. It was like, just a reminder that not, you're not going to be able to get a hold of a Super NES Classic because of these assholes. And then it showed <laughs> a picture of a friggin' pyramid of NES Classics. Ah. And you know how those people get those? It's not that they just sit on Amazon and then buy, buy, buy. They have no, they bots. have bots. Yeah. They got bots. Yeah. I can't beat that. I can't compete with no. that. <sighs> you, uh, by now, my article about, um, basically, there's a big fight on Reddit uh, between collectors and you know, flippers, scalpers, about the whole thing. And uh, you have the, the scalpers saying, well, you know, we're the ones who sit in line for hours and hours and wait. And it's, there's other people saying, yeah, but that's not how it's done these days. There's there's people who have bots that buy, like, everything at once. And it's just not a matter of, it's not it's not fair, frankly. I should have bought an NES Classic for 150 bucks. The only reason... I actually, I have one. Oh, you did it? launch day. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking about it pretty hard. But at the end of the day, like when I was looking at the games, like I played all of those games so much mm, that it was mm -hmm. like, oh, I mean, it would, I mean, it's a cool collector's edition, but I think I'm going to hold out for the SNES classic. But I am, hell or high water, I am buying an SNES classic. Like, I was actually kind of hoping for the NES classic, like there'd be a Canadian edition where they'd swap out Tech Mobile for Ice Hockey or something, or Blades oh, of Steel. That would have been awesome, right? That would have been great. Oh, Blades of Steel is so much better than Tech Mobile. Sorry, Tech Mobile. <laughs> Because uh, actually, the the PlayStation Four I bought was a Canadian exclusive bundle that came with NHL something or other. So yeah. <laughs> NES bundle, come on, guys, Canadian. Yeah, bundle. make it Let's happen. God knows, like <laughs> when the N sixty four Mini comes out, it needs to have Wayne Gretzky's hockey. My God, oh, that, of course, that game was amazing. You'd get like a big hit on somebody, and the ambulance would go. <laughs> You destroyed this man and his prospects. I mean, this was like a great time for sports games. Back in the mid-90s in Madden, they had a... If somebody got injured, an ambulance would come on the field and like run people over, getting over to the person. <laughs> it was one of the Isn't greatest things ever. Like, Madden used that... to be so much more fun. Isn't that a little counterproductive? <laughs> yes, just a little bit. <laughs> bring, in some, bring in some more ambulances. Well, we gotta get into the over. hospital. You just broke Brett Favre's leg! What the hell? <laughs> That's uh, great. But, yeah, there's a lot to cover with the SNES Classic. We're also going to be talking about the Episode Prompto DLC for Final Fantasy XV. And, of course, Valkyrie Revolution. I said that I had thoughts. You're going to be hearing those thoughts. Uh, I, I have thoughts, too, so don't worry. 
do you think, did I like it? Did I not like it? Uh, well, I guess you'll be finding out later in the podcast, eh? Hey. <laughs> eh? Eh? Uh, and we may be having Phil Kohler on this podcast. Will we have oh. him? I don't know. Like, you know, you, you'll, you will know by looking at the headline <laughs> of this podcast when you download it. Like but, the SNES Classic, it'll be a surprise out of nowhere. But it's really kind of down to whether or not he's able to come on the show tomorrow. Um, mm. In which case, we'll talk about Stormblood. But my God, there's so much to cover that it's almost like too much. Mm. So it's kind of like, I, I kind of want to like give Stormblood a little breathing room, right? You know, yeah. like I want to give it some space to breathe. So uh, Stormblood's got to breathe. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But okay. First piece of important news super nes classic it is real it is coming out games the rpgs that are going to be on the thing and it has a pretty good array of rpgs it, it has does. final fantasy 6 mm. big one that's a big one that's a big one yep it will have super mario rpg mm-hmm. not surprising we were we were all kind of expecting that one yeah it will have secret of mana Woohoo! I'll play it for the fiftieth time. I will play it for the first time. Oh, nice! Yeah, I have not played that one. That is that is a new one for me because I, oh. I missed out on that. I think we've talked about this on the podcast in the past. Probably. I have missed out on that one. Hmm. Yeah, I'm curious about that. One. We're gonna have to secret. We're gonna have to have a secret of mana report. Yes, uh, I, I think that's all the RPGs that are gonna be on that. But that's like three really killer RPGs, right? There's also. Um, well, I know we say, oh, it's an RPG. It's not an RPG. A Link to the Past. It's not a, a slouch either. Yes, A Link to the Past. Like, I mean, you could argue whether or not that's an RPG. Um, uh, the Japanese version, I should mention, also gets Fire Emblem Mystery of the Emblem on mm. their version. So that is a little extra thing. Now, some notable omissions. Yes, there are a couple. Uh, just a few. Like, how do you... <laughs> How do you pack so many amazing RPGs onto one console? So here are a few things that surprised me. In Japan, I'm shocked that there's not a Dragon Quest. Yeah, so am I. I'm shocked there's not a Dragon Quest for Japan, and there's not Final Fantasy IV for Japan. Yes, like Dragon Quest V is a huge... Yes. Five and six huge mm-hmm. omissions for the Japanese version. I mean, that's just like... It's such a given, right? Yeah. So, like, wow, I'm amazed. Like... They're putting friggin' Legend of the Mystical Ninja on there, but not Dragon Quest? Okay. That one, that's an interesting inclusion there. Yes. Massive uh, omission for both the Japan and the U.S. versions, Chrono Trigger. That's yes. a big one. Yes. That's a big one, and I'm surprised at that one. I'm not, because by all accounts, I guess there's a royalty issue going on here. Okay, yeah, I guess I could see that being the case. Still, like, Chrono Trigger, along with Final Fantasy VI, is maybe one of the defining RPGs of the Super uh, Nintendo. If I can speak candidly, I would actually exchange Mario RPG for Chrono Trigger. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah. I would get rid of that in a heartbeat. And if you yeah. told me uh, that I had to choose between Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger, I would have to think really hard about it. I, I would probably have to think very hard about that one, too. I, I think the thing is that Final Fantasy VI, for me, is a bit harder to find. Because, mm-hmm. like, Chrono Trigger, I can buy probably the best version on DS right now. Yeah, still. it's not hard. 
I don't know how rare it is, like I would have to take a look, but like that is a really good version just to have. Mm-hmm. Whereas Final Fantasy VI, it's a little more like, it's a little harder, right? Yeah, like I had that list of Final Fantasy games, which one's the best version to get, and there's really no perfect version of Final Fantasy VI. Everything's kind of diminished in a way, but I would say, for my money, the SNES version is the one to go with. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, even though it has the the Wolsey script, like it spells Phoenix down, (laughs) F-E-N-I-X. The character limits, man. Weird things like that, right? Like it's not, it's not a super great localization, but it's passable. It's not, you know, it's not a complete mess like Final Fantasy Tactics, so. Yeah, for what Wolsey had to work with, which is the diminished space and the censorship and everything like that, Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty fantastic, but. As I've said many times in the past, the Game Boy Advance script is really, it tops it. I would love to see the SNES version of the game with the Game Boy Advance script. I'd Perfect. be happy. Perfection, right? Perfection, yeah. <sighs> but at the very least, the Super Nintendo version does not have a diminished uh, uh, sound quality. Yes, and that's big. That's very big. That is very big. It does not have the loading times. Those darn, oh, darn loading times. <laughs> Of the uh, the Super Nintendo version, but it doesn't have those cool CGI scenes either. <laughs> oh God, I was really like, oh man, CGI cutscenes back. In oh 2000. man, when I was in high school and those all came out, like my writer's craft class, like you know, this was this was grade thirteen back when Ontario had grade thirteen. We'd all like gather around these like ancient ass Macintoshes with like postage stamp, you know, real player video, just like everyone peering at this. You know, the, this image of, like, Celeste on the beach, like, <gasps> Oh my god. What is wrong with Kafka? He sure looks weird. <laughs> what happened to Kafka? Oh my god. Is that Terra or Kafka? I can't I mean, tell. They basically brought the uh, the Amano art to life. And it looked really mm. cool. Like, it was very stylized yeah. in a way that maybe even, like, Final Fantasy VII was. Because, uh, obviously, Final Fantasy VII was much more Nomura. So, yeah. uh, like, for people who would come in on seven, kind of like I did. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I really came in on seven. Like, I played six first, but I really came in on seven. Uh, seeing the kind of the Amano art, like in action, was uh, it was different. It was odd. So, it was odd, but it was also really cool at the time. Yeah. Oh, no. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, it was like, that was definitely a highlight. Anyway, so, like, having all that, like, having Final Fantasy VI for me is, like, very exciting. Like, being able mm-hmm. to play it on something other than my Wii. Yeah, that's nice. That's good. And also having Secret of Mana. Like, that is a big deal for me as well. Like, uh, that was one that I was hoping to see, but uh, I'm glad to see it. And I'm just like, okay, great. Yeah, like, awesome. Final Fantasy VI and Secret of Mana. That's like a great one-two punch. It really is. And Super Mario RPG, I look forward to revisiting it. Yeah, it's been a long time since I played through uh, Super Mario RPG, so I'll definitely... It's not my favorite RPG, but it has its charm. It has a fantastic soundtrack, so... Yep. Final Fantasy VI alone, like, Mm -hmm. makes it a good package. Star Fox 2, of course, is just like... Yeah. (laughs) Now, talk about nowhere. Like, what the hell? Holy crap. Yeah. In a million years, I could not have foreseen that. Yeah, even Dylan Cuspert, who was the programmer on it, like, he was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it's bloody awesome. Like, he was telling Kotaku, I tried to send him a note and be like, what do you think? But they got to him first because Brian Ashcroft's over in Osaka. But, um, yeah, no, so, I, like, and then he posted a picture of them having a launch party for Star Fox 2, which I thought was actually pretty <laughs> rad. Yeah. That's amazing. That's cute. So, we're not, su- so, Chrono Trigger, obviously, the biggest disappointment, um, mm-hmm. the biggest omission on this list. And 
there's so many great Super Nintendo RPGs out there, but there are mm -hmm. a bunch that you know you're you wouldn't be all that surprised that they're like not there, right? Like. I don't think anybody's surprised, for example, that Terranigma didn't make it onto this list. Yeah, sur not surprised, but still heartbroken. Um, I think that nobody is surprised that, say, like, one of the Dragon Quests didn't make it on here, like, for the U.S. version. But for the U.S., yeah. But for Japan, I'm still surprised. Are there any other versions, any other games that you're, like, going, man, why didn't it, why, any, why didn't it make it on this list? Any other RPGs? Um, I would love to know... I guess there's some sort of copyright hell going on, but I would love to know what the deal is with Illusion of Gaia and mm. why we haven't seen it. Because, mm. I mean, Nintendo did take care of publication for that spate of time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even though it was an Enix property, Quintet property. So, you know, given that we've seen ActRaiser and so many uh, on the on the virtual console, although it's not on this, this uh, particular system, uh, I'm really surprised we just haven't seen Illusion of Gaia in any way, shape, or form. I can understand Teradimic is kind of a weird outlier soul blazer i guess is the same thing but i don't know it just seems like they could do something with illusion of gaia but it's not a perfect rpg but it's so weird and different yes absolutely i think plenty of people were kind of like keeping their fingers crossed for say like Seiken then setsu 3 though that was really a pipe dream that's really a pipe dream also uh lufia 2 yeah. i think would have been lufia 2 nice. is like i know it has its fans I don't want to like crap on it. Like it's a good RPG, but I think that's like a second tier RPG, all things considered. Yeah, I mean that's that's actually the kind of the reason I wanted it on there because it it wasn't a game I got to play. Uh, I mean this SNES had so many like top tier RPGs to begin with, and then God Lufia Two came out in like '96 or, or something mm -hmm. crazy like that. So it just flew under a lot of people's radars, and um, it's not a bad game by any means. It's a it kind of looks weird when you have these little tiny sprites and these huge monster sprites. And not in the Final Fantasy VI ways. Like, these guys are just completely overshadowed by these, like, titans. Yes. But uh, I definitely want to uh, give it a, a good go. Ogre Battle would have been an interesting inclusion. That would have been a very interesting uh, inclusion. Um, I've played Ogre Battle. I'm terrible at it. Like, I'm terrible at most uh, strategy RPGs. But um, I always love the graphics for that game. The original, uh, the original Harvest Moon? If you want to now, count that as an RPG, I yeah, I would, but um, it's it's so it's been outclassed multiple times by its yeah. successors. Plus, uh, Stardew Valley. I think people would be surprised at how even when I played it, as much as I loved it because it was so charming and different, I was surprised at how shallow it was for uh, such a late stage SNES game. Yeah, you know, I I think like just by having Earthbound, Final Fantasy VI, uh, Secret of Mana, and like Super Mario RPG, like that is like That's pretty incredible. That is a good four RPGs. Like that is four defining RPGs right there. Yes. That allows it to like the RPG heritage of the Super Nintendo to stand out without <laughs> com completely overwhelming the list, right? So yes. yeah. I think that's great. I, I think yeah. I'm so happy that they've given a lot of like time to the Super Nintendo and I mean, I guess you could be like, oh, I wish Final Fantasy 2 slash 4 were on mm -hmm. here, but, you know, whatever. Like, I can, they I can the understand. Right one. They picked the right one. Exactly. Like, you can't so have... many times. Yeah. And I, I'll go ahead and play it for the billionth time. I don't care. But I can see why, if you have to draw a certain amount of, like, names out of a hat, why mm -hmm. they went with those and what they went with instead of, like, you know, Final Fantasy 4 and... Because I love 4, but it's it's really... It's kind of 
primitive next to six. Let's face it. So which one will you be playing first? The first game on the thing? First RPG. Or the first RPG. God, it's been so long since I've really had a run through of Final Fantasy VI. I might go through that. I'm going to pick up Secret of Mana. That's a good choice. Yes. Though somebody pointed out something. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no way to have the three players going on Secret of Mana. No, but you can have two. You can have two. (laughs) And that would actually be nice because I've been looking for something to play with my girlfriend. Oh, there you go. We had a lot of fun playing Diablo uh, Diablo 3 on the PlayStation 4, mm-hmm. like as a couch co-op kind of thing. That would be a lot right. of fun to play on our TV. Yeah, that'd be great, especially since uh, Secret of Mana, the AI is garbage for the other characters. Yes. You have someone else who's like controlling the, the, the sprite or the girl or whatever without mm. s- getting stuck behind a rock every two seconds. <laughs> Absolutely. Probably relieves a lot of frustration. Yes. Uh, I'm also keen to play some Earthbound because I do not have nearly as much experience with that game as I should. And I know a lot of people really love Earthbound. Like, they adore that game. Earthbound is a sl- uh, I will warn you, it is a slow start. But yeah, it's actually quite... It's, yeah, it's one of those games where it starts off quite difficult and gets a lot easier the further you get in once you have more party members. Because it still has those very archaic sort of Dragon Quest uh, mechanics behind it, which I've had people yell at me for even saying that. But <laughs> the, the fact remains, you know, it is kind of archaic in spots. But I find it is one of the most warm, heartfelt games I've played, like when I, when I stuck through it. But I kind of have a bias going on, too, because I played it in 2008, mm. actually. And um, that was a bad year because a whole bunch of family members died. Ooh, and uh well, it was like my mother-in-law died suddenly. Um, a bunch of my like aunts and uncles like just passed away. My dog. Mm. That was, oh my that god! Was sad. Jeez. Ugh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, that was appropriately. That was also when I got into the Arcade Fire's funeral. Um, this, the album. <laughs> so I, I just kind of like really got into Earthbound, and it has like this really life-affirming message, and mm. I really enjoyed it. And of course, I wanted to get it done before the Mother Three translation was finished, and I did. There you go, and yeah, so, uh, like, I'm curious to think, see what you think. Yeah, I'm I'm keen to like uh, so many so many R- so many classic RPGs that like you know like I just got to catch up with right like mm-hmm. and this is a kind of a great opportunity to do that. So I could not be more excited uh, for mm-hmm. the SNES Classic to come out, and for all of you who are like, we'll just buy a Raspberry Pi instead and load it up with ROMs. That's yes. not the point. It's That's really not the point. Not the point. And it gets me. It gets me angry that people even say that. It's really not the point. Especially the people like on the the article I uh, I wrote the other day saying, "Well, you're a stupid idiot for buying it, so I have every right to scalp you because you could just buy Raspberry Pi and, and a 3D shell." That's not the point. No, the point is this is a official release uh, by Nintendo of these games in a really cool little collectible that looks mm-hmm. just like the original cartridge console. With the original packaging, like the original NES thing, even had like that mm-hmm. little poster. Like, yes, like, they really did it right. Yes, they really did it right. And yeah, you can complain about the the controllers, but that's not an insurmountable thing. Okay, like, yeah, there are plenty of yeah. third party accessories that let you do those things. And you know what? People are like, oh, buy the third party like controllers. I didn't really like them. They're too clicky. Oh, I hated those, the, any third-party uh, SNES controller. I never found one that I liked. Yeah, like, a proper NES controller has a squishiness to it. Yes, it does. It just it does, feels absolutely. right. 
I was playing my friend's NES, like a proper NES, like an original NES. Wow. Uh, nice. That they like had from their childhood. And like, I was like, yes, yes, these buttons, Still they worked. feel right. Like the controller feels yeah. right. But uh, the Super Nintendo, so yeah, like just being able to play it on kind of a proper Super Nintendo, with proper, mm-hmm. like I'm doing the, the finger quotes, but... Yeah. Well, even the, most of the games that we've talked about today, all the RPGs that we've named, I still have a lot of the cartridges, but mm. a lot of them, the batteries died. Like, I can get them replaced, but eh, it's a schlep. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely. really is. The other, like, the alter, this is as close as you can get to kind of like going whole hog, like mm-hmm. on a proper retro setup. Like, and you know what? If I If I knew Nintendo would have, like, would not have supply issues which let's face it they're going to i would love to buy one for like my mom who doesn't play video games anymore but she used to play like a lot of super nintendo or she used to play a lot of nintendo so she'd Mm. love something like this i would love to buy like a proper like cr television like crt television Mm. and put it on my desk and like have like a super nintendo there and you know like maybe some other stuff and be able to play like prop like retro games like properly but the problem is that it takes a lot of space and it's actually quite yeah. an investment. And I'm like, I don't have the time. I don't have the room for this. And if I'm being really honest, like a lot of this is novelty, right? Like mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. I'm buying the Super Nintendo Classic, not just because of the games, but because it's cool to own. It is a cool yeah. thing. Like it is a cool thing from when I was growing up. I exactly. Did not get a Super Nintendo when I was when it was like originally in production. Like during mm-hmm. its heyday, I looked at all the other kids and I said, "I want a Super Nintendo." Ah, all I want, all I want. I dreamed about it. My God. Oh, same here. Like I, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so I didn't get mine until I had to save up everything until God, 1993 is when I think I finally got mine. I was a dumb kid. If I had just saved up my money, I could have bought one. Like well, if it I was just... harder than it sounded because my brother yeah. kept stealing my money for cigarettes. Oh, oh, you're dead. That's, that's <laughs> terrible. But you got one. You got one. I did get it eventually. If I had had a bit more self-control and I had just saved and saved and saved, I could have gotten a Super Nintendo. What so. the hell were you buying at that age? Well, I bought a Game Boy and okay, well... I was buying PC games was the thing (laughs) you can't have both well yeah i was like i I would save up 50 bucks and i'd be like all right i'm gonna go buy uh uh you know some star wars game or something like dark dark (laughs) forces or something like that so it's just like i wanted all of it i wanted all of the games so i wouldn't necessarily trade in like the experiences that i had but yeah, mm-hmm. and I in the end I did get a Super Nintendo in high school, so you know it worked out. Like I got to play. You a know lot what? Of by, by the time I got mine, and b- probably by the time you got yours, that's when it was really coming to its own. Like there was just so many good games. Well, I mean, the Super Nintendo had been done for a few years when I got mine, and like it was, mm-hmm. I got mine in like '99. So. Oh wow, that's really late. Yeah, like that was really really late. But like I was able to get a lot of really good games. I, I think mm-hmm. the thing that the only thing that was disappointing was that Chrono Trigger was so rare and so expensive by that point that I just... Oh, even by that point, eh? Oh, God, yeah. It was definitely up to, like, $120 by then. And I did not have $120 to throw at a Super Nintendo cartridge. I was lucky (laughs) to get Final Fantasy VI, just the cartridge from Funko Land, for $50. That's a that's a good deal. It was a good <laughs> deal, you know, circa you know nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, and it was the same problem that I had when I got I bought into the PlayStation in like two thousand was Suikoden two. You know, like by the time mm. I heard about Suikoden two, Suikoden three was out, and Suikoden two was incredibly rare. Wow. 
Yeah, that was always a very hard... I, I remember that always being a very hard one to find, and I actually got mine because I was pissed off at Final Fantasy VIII, and someone told me, you know what, you should really go play Su uh, Suikoden too. So I said, oh, okay, and I went and bought it. Good purchase. Yes. In any case, yes, Super NES Classic, it is coming out at the end of September. We will be revisiting it. In the meantime, uh, by the time you hear this podcast, we should have the definitive ranking of all of the games on the pot on the website so you should go check that out what's going to be number one will it be final fantasy 6 i guess you'll be finding out won't you <laughs> uh, spoiler alert final fantasy 6 is pretty high up on that list <laughs> when i was it's writing about it i ended up writing more than i was thinking and i was like man final fantasy 6 was a really good game so it was fantastic it's fantastic gotcha. uh so speaking of final fantasy Continuing onward, uh, Final Fantasy XV just saw a new DLC release this week. Episode Prompto came out, and so I, I downloaded it, I played it, it's about two hours. Uh, ended up enjoying it more than Episode Gladio, Nadia. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I read your review. Uh, you mentioned one thing that it has that Episode Gladio doesn't have is um, there is a bit of an open world component. Yes, a smaller one. It's kind of a kind of a snowy sandbox, as it were. Um, so what happens is you escape from this like kind of research laboratory where like you're seeing, you're learning about Prompto's past and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when you do, like you escape out on a snowmobile and after like a brief chase sequence, uh, you're kind of left to explore at will. Mm -hmm. And there's not much there, much like the usual Final Fantasy 15 <laughs> landscape, but it is really pretty. Mm -hmm. And it is fun to like jump off ramps and stuff in your snowmobile. That's pretty cool, I have to admit. Uh, and there's like, so okay, so one of the first things you see is like a side quest. And the side quest is like your very own something. And like you see a bunch of like monsters attacking something. Mm -hmm. And I like, and it said rescue it without it dying. But it died. Oh. oh, no. And I'm like, would I have been able to get a pet? <laughs> would I have been able to ride around on this thing? So I'm like, really, like, I really want to go back and just see yeah. if it's possible to save the thing. Because it died too fast. It kept dying too fast because the monsters would get it before I could get to it. Do you have any idea what it was at all? Some kind of monster thing. It was, like, kind of fuzzy. Aww. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it seemed a little big to be, like, the pet that follows you around. So I was wondering if it's something I could ride. <laughs> you saved the polar bear now you may ride the polar bear uh i think the only way to be able to rescue it is to run over the monsters because you can do that wow. you can actually do that in the snowmobile that's awesome so i'm going to compare uh final fantasy 15 episode prompto to something that i wasn't really expecting mm -hmm. metal gear solid Okay, Shadow Moses Island, <laughs> Shadow Prompto it Island. It seems to kind of want to be Final Fantasy fifteen-ish, or mm -hmm. uh, sorry, Metal Gear Solid-ish. So it has a third-person shooter component. Um, right. So you can get an SMG, you can get like a rocket launcher, that kind of thing. That's and funny. that's a secondary weapon. Mm -hmm. And there's also a stealth component, like you can do stealth kills. Mm -hmm kind of like Uncharted, I suppose, or like Metal Gear Solid um, 5. And then it concludes in a very Metal Gear Solid-ish type. Like <laughs> what, final just go like da-da-da-da-da? No, but you're 
I, I don't want to spoil it. Like, I don't want to okay. spoil it. But when you see it, it's very Metal Gear Solid, even down to the way that That's it pretty plays. funny. Like, it kind of reminded me of Metal Gear Solid 3, actually. Like, the mm-hmm. end of Metal Gear Solid oh, 3. Oh, interesting. Which yeah, has so a you'll end. know what I mean when you see it. But it's it's pretty cool. I think the boss battle before it um, is more fun. Did, mm-hmm. did you ever finish Final Fantasy 15? No, I didn't. Did you get to the part where the Dragoon shows up? Yes, I know Ariana or whatever her name is. She's great, isn't she? She's great. She's got this crazy ass uh, like outfit, but I loved her. She was just really neat. Yeah, so she shows up. So she oh. she is Prompto's buddy in this one because I guess oh, Noctis cool. tells her to go watch over him or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> watch over my fat my fat ass friend who used to be a fat ass. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Prompto used to be a pudgy little kid. It was actually kind of cute. I used to yeah. be a pudgy little nerd. I had no idea. He was Martin Prince. Oh, I actually, he was, he was totally Martin Prince because I watched the, uh, the anime, uh, episodes that preceded the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it kind of shows how he like had, he was, he was a, just like kind of a fat, lonely kid with no friends until, uh, he met Noct. Yes. Uh, so he, so she shows up and it made me realize something actually. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 15 is better when it's just two people. Like That's interesting. Yeah, when it's when it's just two or three characters rather than say five, four. Like or the, I, I the think whole boy the, band. The battle system just seems to kind of work better. Um so the way it works is like not let's see Prompto has his handgun and mm-hmm. uh you know your goal basically is to get behind enemies and like shoot them and that will mm-hmm. trigger a skill link attack. Mm-hmm. And in Final Fantasy 15, like there's so many characters like running around doing things that it gets really kind of messy yeah. and kind of confusing. I... Where yeah. so it makes things a lot easier to manage when it's just the mm-hmm. two of you like doing things, and it feels good. And it took yeah. me a while to realize that I had to actually just hold down the shoot button and then just <laughs> dodge around, and then it yeah. felt a lot better. Like initially, it was pretty awkward. I'm like going, I don't understand this. What's going on? But now, like mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is much better. And then you also have a melee attack. You have a grenade mm-hmm. that you can throw. And you have the secondary weapons, like an SMG, sniper rifle, and Jeez. rocket launcher. <laughs> and initially, it doesn't feel that great. Like, the gunplay does not feel super great. But mm-hmm. as you kind of get the hang of it and you kind of realize that it's like a secondary attack, it feels a lot better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I came to like it. And there's actually a sequence that was very Metal Gear Solid-ish. <laughs> where you sneak up behind a guy, you take him out, you go up to the top of the watchtower, take, up the guy, take out the guy there, grab the sniper rifle, shoot the exploding barrels to mm. kill the, uh, the, the guards who are there, and then, like, take out the guards with your sniper rifle. And then <laughs> continue on to the building. And, yes, I know Metal Gear Solid It's all about the the non-violent solutions and all that stuff. But but you can go for violence. But it still kind of reminded me of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Even down to the fact that you're kind of inv- invading a base secretly, mm-hmm. sort of like Metal Gear Solid. So, yeah. So that sounds pretty fun. And we have a uh, episode of Ignis coming out in, in the winter, if I'm not mistaken. Not till December, though. It's going to be a while. That's the one I'm really interested in. And that's the reason I really need to get through the game. Because I love Ignis, the stupid nerd. How far did you get um, I got to, I actually got around to the part where uh, shit went down, and um, mm. well, I guess we can talk a little bit of spoilers, but you find out what happens to Ignis, like he gets injured in a way that's quite mm. 
debilitating. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see how that would wrap up, but then like Zelda came out and <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right about the time that the game gets really grim. Yeah, like it. I was. I think I was really surprised at the tonal shift because, yeah, that was also right after uh, another certain event happened that kind of surprised me and uh, knocked went Super Saiyan, and um, yeah, that's the rule of good storytelling. Like shit has to get real in Act Three. <laughs> You're right. They have to be I, tested. I, it's not like I was unhappy where the story was going or anything like that. It's just one of those instances where I was forced to stop playing for a while, and then of course the nature of our job is mm-hmm. it's hard to go back to a game once you stop. Yes, exactly. Like, it's just been a rolling, like, I gotta play this game, this game, this game, which mm-hmm. has kept me from going, having time to go back to Nier Automata, unfortunately. Or, um, or so, finish off Breath of the Wild. Like, I'm freaking halfway through Breath of the Wild. I really want to wrap it up, darn it. <laughs> so I can just say, I finished Breath of the Wild, darn it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. done. I finished it. It's over, baby. You but, gotta have that darn it at the end. But there's DLC coming out this week. Yes. Oh my god, yes, the DLC is coming out. Like, even that so much to discuss. I'm actually kind of surprised. Like, this is supposed to be the dead period, Nadia. <laughs> Someone didn't get the memo. I'm supposed to be getting a break. Uh, that's a thing that we're going to have to handle. Ugh. Anyway, I digress. Uh, episode prompto for five bucks, two hours of a good time. I really enjoyed the second to last boss battle. Final boss battle, whatever. It's a set piece. It's very Final mm. Fantasy 15-ish. Um... Overall, I think it does a, a lot to kind of fix Prompto's character. That's good, because he was always a very up-in-the-air sort of character. Like, I think you mentioned it in your review. They really had no idea what to do with him besides, hey, I'm a photographer. Right, that was the problem, was that mm-hmm. he tagged along. He was a comic relief. Um, yeah. I listened to Bob's Talking Simpsons podcast, which you should go listen to. It's really great. I've been meaning to listen to that, yeah. Uh, and... They refer to some characters as joke monkeys. <laughs> like they don't what really exist ex- except to be the comedic relief. They're they're there to say a joke and then leave, right? Yeah. Or be a punchline. Um, and that's what Prompto was. He's yeah. there to be the silly one. He's there to be like ba 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 right? <laughs> Chicao. Um yeah, so, I mean, and then his, like, big resolution, like, his big revelation just comes out of nowhere. It feels wholly unearned. And you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. Prompto, that's nice. I feel sad for you. And <laughs> I guess. He has a lot more pathos in episode Prompto. He mm-hmm. is thinking about his place in the group. Like, they kind of like right. going, what is my place? Like, what do I bring? Because Noctis is the leader, and Gladio is, like, strong and kind of the dad figure and kind of the mentor and ignis is like the smart one who can cook and do everything and drive and what do i do i take pictures i'm a photographer i can relate to that i can relate to feeling like the useless one in a group Aw, sad but i can relate too so yeah like so there's a lot of that and then of course it is a little bit of an arc there's a little bit of an arc of self-discovery like discovering Mm -hmm. his past coming to grips with it and having the Dragoon Lady come in, like, is a big, like, it helps a lot. Because it's not just mm-hmm. Prompto brooding. Like, she is there to talk to him. And I think she makes kind of to be, like, a really nice foil to Prompto. So Yeah, so she she was really cool. So I, I'd even just buy it for that alone. Yes. So two hours, uh, five, five bucks. Uh, I recommend it. If you're not sick you of Final Fantasy 15. 
<laughs> which I know plenty of people are. Plenty of people are just out on Final Fantasy 15. Like, uh, it's actually kind of staggering the hate that game gets. That's kind of sad. I, I know a lot of people who still love it. They love the characters, at least. Yeah, I like mentioned on. I was like, you know what? Arden's a good villain on Final Fantasy 15. Because I mm-hmm. like how. I like how he. Let's see. He. I played in Japanese, and the Japanese voice actor does a really great job of making him seem really oily and, like, mm-hmm. like mysterious and, like, condescending. And you're like, you know this guy's up to no good, but you're like, what's yeah. his angle? What's going on here? And he does that through the entire game. until So you really want to know, like, what's going on with this guy? And, they, <laughs> like, and the payoff is pretty decent, right? And like, yeah. You're like, okay, yeah, no, that, that was good. So I was like, Arden is a good Final Fantasy villain. Like, I'm not saying that he's the best Final Fantasy villain. I, I, like, I don't think he's Kefka tier or anything, but mm-hmm. he's good. He's good. Good enough. And good enough. He gets like the going, job done. What are you doing? Arden, uh, he's not great. Final Fantasy 15 is terrible. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, geez, calm down, man. For a game that had such a troubled development, I think it turned out pretty good. It could have been so much worse. It could have been worse. But I'm, I'm going to go out and say it's not just that it could have been worse. It's that I it charms the heck out of me. Oh, yeah, I still find it extremely charming, and uh, I am looking forward to going back to it. When I was playing I Episode will. Prompto, I'm, and, like, the, especially the latter part of it, when I got the hang of it, and I'm playing with Prompto and Dragoon Lady, I'm like, yeah, this is great. I like how, I like the breezy pace, I like the dialogue, mm-hmm. I like the music a lot. Yeah, the music's yeah, it great. It feels good. Like, it's just, it's nice to go into. I like it. I like mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Fifteen. Fight me. <laughs> Fight us in the comments, people. All right. A game that I did not like. Uh-oh. A game that I did not like. Valkyria Revolution. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that was, That's a game. I reviewed it sorts. earlier this week. You can go read it on US Gamer. I was not impressed with it, unfortunately. Uh, so I gave it a 2 out of 5, ultimately. And... Oh, man, there's so much to cover with that game. Uh, Like, it's just, like, all the things that, like, I don't particularly like. But I think its biggest sin, ultimately, Nadia, it's boring. Mm -hmm. It's not that good. It's not, it's boring. I bored me. It was boring. Yeah, we've talked at length about how the game should be evaluated on its own terms. And because, let's face it, Valkyria Chronicles is one hell of a high bar to reach for. It's just a fantastic game, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. But just how boring, and not only is it boring, but it tries so hard to be cool <laughs> and it, it just fall on its face like a fucking teenager. Like, okay, I didn't play the full game by a long shot. I got as far as um, the first boss battle. And just, okay, like I said on Twitter, the antagonist, uh, Almeth is his name? Mm-hmm. Amleth? He's the protagonist. He's not the antagonist. He's Sorry, the protagonist. protagonist. Almeth. Okay, yes. Almeth. Like, Almeth, Ophelia, how subtle. Uh, anyway, uh, just I said on Twitter, he looks like Clint Eastwood trying to hold in a fart because he's trying to oh. pull off that like cool anime protagonist look. But I don't know, the PSP character model, sorry, PS Vita character models are just awful. Mm. God, they're bad. Yeah, it's, it's really ugly on PS Vita, unfortunately. Uh, the textures... Like, are practically non-existent. Uh, Like, it animates really poorly. Like, it's playable. Yeah, it's playable. It's playable. It, like, it runs in a reasonable pace. Like, 
Like, if you are willing to kind of put aside any, like, any of the graphics, you can be like, okay, this is a thing that I can play. But, but I sort of feel like the graphics were compromised by... I feel like both the PS4 and the Vita version were and ultimately compromised by the fact that they tried to split it between handheld and console. Yeah, and, and nobody won at, in that battle. No, absolutely not. But... Yeah, but, uh, no, the, but it's it's the art. It's also the art. Like, the art's just really yes. generic. Yeah, Yeah. where Valkyrie Chronicles is just such a stylish game. It is. It has that, like, almost hand-drawn look to it. It's just gorgeous. Yes. Uh, I would say that Valkyria Chronicles looks better than Valkyria Revolution. Like, oh, God, yeah. It is a yeah. better-looking game. There's no contest. Um, but I was just, like, laughing because um, I, I beat this first boss, uh this big stupid dragon tank like okay whatever and um this almuth guy is like where's miss maria and i'm like oh my god the guy is gonna say i raped her he's gonna say i raped her <laughs> this is just this is gonna happen and then the guy who's uh you know he's got it, the sword against his his throat and he says oh yeah she was my mistress she was a real slut <laughs> i'm like oh my god what the fuck am i playing what am i playing is this two years old <laughs> I feel like I'm back in high school. And it's just like, I'm thinking back to like Valkyrie Chronicles again. I'm sorry, I can't help it. And just like how well everyone was introduced and how charming it was and how well it set up the conflict with like, you know, the Dark Sins. And oh, uh, I just wanted to weep bitter tears. So yeah, uh, Valkyrie Revolution, in many respects, it's the diametric opposite of Valkyrie Chronicles. Yeah. Like yeah. it. Like it in Valkyria Chronicles, you uh, it is it start it features a group of people who are coming together to try and save their town. They are trying mm -hmm. to save their country, which mm -hmm. is being invaded by a large hostile empire. Like it escalates really nicely. Yes, like your your town comes under attack. Like even though you beat them, like they still march through. Like mm -hmm. you're and. It so just by virtue of that, like it establishes a bunch of characters who are ordinary people. It dwells a lot on their normal jobs, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they're not superheroes, right? No, they're kids. They're kids. Men. They have uh, they they don't have superpowers per se. They have you know they have some potentials and they have talents basically. They have talents. They they wield uh, guns and machine guns and rocket launchers. Mm -hmm. If you see a tank, you're like, oh, crap, a tank. Yeah. I'm in yeah. deep crap now. Like, how am I going to get around this thing? Because it's going to kill the hell out of me, right? Yeah, you really have to plan around a tank. Absolutely. So, I mean, then much later in Valkyria Chronicles, uh, one of the characters does get superpowers. <laughs> like, let's <Yeah>. be honest. <laughs> and let's not overpraise Valkyria Chronicles. It gets very anime, especially in oh, the latter part of the game. It, I just, But that's what I loved about it. It had these, like, these anime tropes but they're just so well combined with mm -hmm. like actual history that yeah. I, I just couldn't help but be charmed like charmed the pants off me for a game about like genocide and and, and slaughter and war yeah and one of the best things about it was um that it had this sprawling cast and most mm -hmm. of whom you never actually see talk to one another but you mm -hmm. felt like you knew them because yes. you could read their dossier, you could look at their potentials, yes. and their potentials told a story. Absolutely, like you would yes. say, oh, he has like a pollen allergy, that's funny. Or, oh, <laughs> she only <laughs> likes girls, interesting. Yeah. 
or like, oh, this person's like totally into that guy. Okay. Oh, wow. Fanfic alert, fanfic alert. <laughs> and, and when they talked, like the, the few lines that they had were just so full of personality, right? Mm-hmm. Like you had mm-hmm. uh, the sniper gal, I think her name was Maria. Uh, yeah. Who's, she had the lone wolf potential. She didn't want anybody mm-hmm. around her. She just wanted to be on top of the tower sniping. She yes, I used to else. use her like crazy. You had a real strong sense of who she was. Yeah, because she had this like really low, almost crazy voice. Like I remember her. She was she was fantastic. And yes, like they're mostly anime tropes. Let's be honest. But mm-hmm. but I just you really had a strong sense of camaraderie. Like you really liked yeah. the squad. <clears throat> so yeah. by contrast, Valkyrie Revolution is uh, see so our main character is a kind of brooding mercenary type with dark past. Um, doesn't say much. We have Ophelia, who is kind of your typical um, anime character who's, like, always worrying about, like, doing things wrong or not doing things right. Here's a weird thing. Here's a weird contrast between Valkyria Revolution and Valkyria Chronicles. In Chronicles, you're a bunch of ordinary people defending your home. In Valkyria mm-hmm. Revolution, it, like, the ordinary people, like, don't even figure in. It's a bunch of royals, like... yes. Like, the, the, the general premise is that a cabal, a cabal of business leaders and politicians secretly come together and decide, irrespective of the common people, to throw off the yoke of, uh, of imperial oppression, right? Because mm-hmm. apparently they're like a colony. And, like, it kind of tries to call back to the colonial period, but they're not going to actually have, like, people in, say, Africa uh, throwing yeah. off the yoke of European oppression. No, no, mm-hmm. it's going to be a European country that maybe kind of Eastern European, for example? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Throwing off, say, Russia. Throwing off the yeah. Russian yoke of oppression, which, interesting. Okay. Um, but there's a fixation on royals in the importance of royal families and like, what do the royals think? How do the royals uh, represent their people? And it's very old-fashioned. Like, I think Winston Churchill <laughs> would really like this game. <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, uh, it's weird in that respect. It is the diametric opposite of Valkyria Chronicles, where you're seeing yeah. collateral damage. Uh, the squad is interacting with regular people. The squad is regular people mm-hmm. versus... Valkyria Revolution, which is obsessed with high-level discussions, high-level strategy. Yeah. Occasionally, you'll see the common people going, well, I think this war was ultimately a good idea because <laughs> it was totally like, it was time that we go and take over Ipsaria. Yes, like, it's time <laughs> for us to be good. Good thing there's no collateral damage whatsoever. Nope, none at all. Yeah, so in that respect, it, like, it kind of immediately rubbed me the wrong way because, mm-hmm. look, I don't want to get too political, but... I will say that there's, I have a serious problem in real life with like this kind of idea of like a, at the highest levels of our government, people like high level business people and politicians conspiring to essentially overthrow the will of the people and yeah. like do really crazy crap. Yeah. Like one of my favorite comics from like 2008 was like Barack Obama, like first day he's walking down some stairs and he walks in. He's like, I'm going to be a president. We're going to fix things. We're not going to do any stupid wars anymore. And they're like, oh, Mr. President, we've got a problem here. And he walks in and he sees a giant space whale. And the space whale says, you're going to invade Norway. <laughs> like, 
I have some like just serious problems like with a lot of the tonality, like just on a personal level, going mm-hmm. up with Valkyrie Revolution. And to its credit, it question it seems to be questioning it because it's framed interestingly enough, like as an academic discussion between yeah, like, a student and professor. And they're yeah. going, like, these people, like, these traitors, that they're called the traitors, uh, were their actions justified? Like, you know, they're having a discussion. The problem is that discussion is very boring. <laughs> it's very long and very boring, and there's a lot of, I know it's a discussion, but there's a lot of talking. Yes, there's, it's very expository, lots of back and forth. I'm just like, okay, yeah, like, there's lots of people sitting over tables, yeah, and that's a problem when your characters don't change facial expressions. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they're sitting over a table and they're like, oh, we should go and we should seize the supply of Ragnite from Ipseria and then we should proceed on. Meanwhile, I will be handling the parliament. I'm like, oh my god, please no. <laughs> like, that stuff is not interesting if there's no sense of emotional stakes and if you don't really mm-hmm. care about the characters. Mm-hmm. It's just... Exactly. Eh, like, why does Game of Thrones work? Because you know that even as they're having those discussions, you know that somebody's going to get a knife in the back, and it might be a character <laughs> that you like. When you see two characters talking in Game of Thrones, it is laden with subtext. Like, there are just mm-hmm. so many little poison daggers, like verbal daggers going, like, like furtive glances. You're like, oh, what's that person's agenda? What's that person thinking? Here it's literally just I mean, it like called- people talking. A game of thrones. <laughs> exactly. I know yeah. it's based on a, a song of ice and fire, but ultimately <laughs> I think a game of thrones is the, a, a good title. <laughs> yes. So long story short, it actually brings me back to um, the critique of star Wars, the prequels where they were like, look at the way that this is framed and blocked. Like every conversation that's not a battle is like two people sitting over a table. Yeah. Yeah, um, and back and right forth shots, very simple back and forth shots, people sitting at tables, people walking down a corridor talking. Mm-hmm. Like, it's boring. Like, yeah, it's uh, framed in a boring way, and Valkyria Revolution does the same way. Yeah, and uh, I guess, I like, thinking back, people were just so surprised at how boring the prequels were. It's like, oh, are you guys really going to just hear and talk about trade the whole time? This is the series where people, would, like, flew ships through trenches, and we're going to talk about politics and trade blocks, huh? Yeah, All right. yeah, and, and it kind of does the same thing in Valkyrie Revolution, but, and you know, like, I'm kind of a political and historical junkie, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of the kind of person that this should be aimed at. I Exactly. Well, without any stakes, without, like, any, like, sense of who the characters are or why I should care about this country, it, it doesn't resonate. It doesn't mean anything to me. No, it just kind of really throws you in, like, from the start. Like, mm. here's a bunch of characters, and the stakes are really high, but we don't know why, and we don't know why we care about these characters. One of them was wearing pajamas. What's the deal with that? The Expanse had the same problem, actually, um, at the start. If you're not familiar with The Expanse, it's a, kind of a realistic sci-fi series on sci-fi. And I finished watching the first season. And the first few episodes, like, you just don't know who these characters are. But it's throwing so much lore at you and so many like political discussions. It's overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not until it narrows the focus right. to a handful of really like players, like, and you start to get a sense of their motivations and who they are and why you should care about them, that it becomes much more interesting. Right. The Valkyrie Revolution tries to do that, but it doesn't do it in a very interesting way. Right. Uh, like, okay, like, the main character is mad because his orphanage burned down and 
I shouldn't laugh, but it's always a fucking orphanage. Yeah, it's always a fucking yeah. Okay, whatever. Like, I'm he sorry has for laughing at the orphanage. both sides. He wants revenge on the emperor, and but he also doesn't like the traitors. Like so, like okay, <sighs> yeah, like he has problems with everybody. Moral ambiguity, everybody. Um, and actually, he might be the most interesting part. Like the parts where you see him talking to the rest of the squad, you're like, eh, this is the most interesting part, but. The rest of the story, no, no. Like, it's just way too many friggin' people sitting on couches or sitting over tables talking. It's uh. expository and boring. Moving on. The actual combat, also diametric opposite of Valkyria Chronicles. It is yeah, that is weird. Game. Yeah. Yeah, I did like it. What did you think of it initially? Um, here's the thing, like, I'm kind of so-so on, on a lot of strategy games, but I love the way Valkyria Chronicles just kind of, I thought it already had a perfect balance of, like, action quote-unquote and and strategy uh with uh valkyria revolution i was just kind of running all over the place and like swinging a sword like okay why can't i just go play dragon quest heroes again or dragon quest uh warriors again or whatever the the muso games like what is the point why am i why do i have all these crazy ass saiyan powers <laughs> you know what i mean yes you have like four characters and unlike valkyria chronicles where like you know one enemy can like potentially take you out Right, yes. like take out a character. It's like, oh, I screwed up. Oh, here comes a shock trooper to like fill me with bullets. I'm dead. Yep, awesome. That was Good my job, fuck me. up. <laughs> Go me. Woo, war's you over. You are literally taking out swaths of enemies. Like you are mm-hmm. taking out huge swaths of enemies, and you're like, well, dang, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like I have superpowers. Like this, yeah. like has no bearing on reality. It reminds me of that episode of Gundam Wing where they're like. Ah, we've had so much political drama. Now we are going to take on literally the entire enemy force. Uh, let's say take fifty mobile suits apiece. <laughs> like that's what it is. Like yeah, there's it's no sense of like the these noise. enemies being dangerous. Mm-hmm. You can just run in and you can hack and you can slash and you can take them out. Which, yeah. in its own way, not that. It's okay. It's like not that. Yeah, I mean, like there were some battles in in Valkyria Chronicles that uh, that do kind of drag on, yes. uh, but at least I don't know. I found them more interesting because at least early in Valkyria Chronicles, as I said before, there was really that escalation of danger. Like yeah. when you see that tank, and you don't have any sort of way to fight back, you know, okay, if I make one wrong move, I am dead. Yes, but and you don't get that sense at all in Revolution. Just. Purely from the standpoint of revolution, I think the actual, like, taking out enemies can be kind of satisfying. You throw a grenade. Yeah, like, on die. its own. Yes. Like, standing apart on its own, it, it's okay. It, it's fine mm-hmm. for the, the combat. Um, if it was a game with a, a more interesting characters that were just, like, anime cutouts and graphics that weren't PlayStation 2, <laughs> uh, I know it's really shallow of me to judge on, on graphics, but... My God, their their hair—it's—their <laughs> hair is clipping through their shoulders, people, yeah. and it's all like solid, like one piece of anime hair, like you get in like fucking Final Fantasy IV or some shit. Yeah, uh, I, I think some of the problems that I have with it is that there's like a cover system of sorts, but like you can only like take cover, quote unquote, on the edges of buildings, which is really awkward. Yeah, it's weird. Um, like the stealth, any stealth stuff is almost pointless, essentially, because you will always get discovered really quickly anyway. And anyway, yeah, there's no, not a lot not... of point. You could just run in and like realistically just start taking stuff off. You can heal damage off really easily. Mm-hmm. If somebody goes down, you can pick them up. It's fine. You're not going to have yeah. any trouble. 
uh, you get some like really strong healing powers, like almost immediately. I was gonna say, yeah, just basically, I I was gonna say I got up to the first boss, finished him. Like, good game, A plus plus game of the year. I'm going back to Ever Oasis. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and so you're like running through these. The problem is that it gets really samey, really fast. Like you're what running through, you're killing a whole bunch of enemies. Oh, here comes a tank. All right, well, I'm going to slash at the legs. The legs are down. I'm going to shoot, use my rifle because you get a rifle. I'm going to yeah, shoot right. at the pilot of the tank. Okay, the tank's dead. Okay, here comes another swath of enemies. Throw a grenade, kill them. Here comes two tanks. Okay, I killed the two tanks. Moving on. Like they're like walking tanks. Like they're mechs. Yeah. 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 Maybe you will fight a giant tank. A um, dragon tank. There are two. There are two bosses that show up repeatedly, and I'm like, oh, these guys again. And they're not fun to fight because <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like you spend like a good ten minutes, ten to fifteen minutes, hack slash, hack slash, hack slash. Mm-hmm. It's just a battle of attrition. There's no like real strategy. Yeah. It's just survive, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's not very interesting. And it's obvious that they're kind of trying, they're putting in a lot of filler. Like these mm-hmm. bosses keep coming back. Um, there are missions where it's just like, now we will test out this new equipment. But it's not like you're getting a new ability necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's just like your weapons are slightly more powerful. But it's like, oh, this <laughs> quote unquote training mission is so obviously like filler. Like they needed to like find something to do because they have nothing else for you to do. That's really sad. And, like, the customization, like, the UI is really not that good. Like, the UI is really bad. Uh, yeah, like, you mentioned in your review that the you have to, like, run around to equip stuff, whereas, like, in Valkyria Chronicles, like, you just access a menu. Done and done. Yeah, it's all set up in a hub. And the problem with the crafting system is that the materials are at different shops, so it's all kind of overwhelming. And then when you... More filler. Put in the crafting, like, you can only order one thing at a time. So you're like, okay, mm-hmm. but whatever, like, that's kind of time-consuming and annoying. But, like, the crafting doesn't feel worth it, and it's kind of a pain. And mm-hmm. then also, like, there's this weird skill tree thing. And it took me a while to realize that it's the points that you need to use are from your excess Ragnite spells, which are, like, your skills that you can equip. Mm-hmm. And you have to, like, basically... Use the surplus ones to build up your skill, like your ex- extra stats. Right. And I'm like, okay, but first of all, Weird. that's time consuming and it's confusing. Yeah. And it's like, I don't really want to bother with this. This is annoying. I, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh gosh. Yeah. There's just, I, I, I got to the point in my review where I was like, oh man, I got a lot to cover. In terms of like why I don't like this game, allow me to go forth in bullet points. <laughs> that was pretty great. Now, if Valkyria Chronicles did not exist, if this was a standalone game, I don't think it would be very good. Like, no, just, I don't think so. I think it's kind of like second tier budget level graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, looks kind of like a PS3 game. I don't think the characters are very great. I think the battle combat's kind of repetitive. I think the cast is mostly anonymous. I think the story is told, like, tries to weave, weave a tale of political intrigue, but really it's just a bunch of guys talking over desks. Um, <laughs> it reuses the same enemies over and over again. It does a lot of things that really annoys me. And at the end, at the end of the day, like, 
the tone of trying to tell a serious-minded tale of like politics and war and all that stuff clashes mightily with the fact that it's a Dynasty Warriors game with some <laughs> very, 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 very basic tactical elements. Yeah, and I have to say, even the uh, the Dynasty Warriors stuff doesn't work very well because I found I was fighting with the camera a lot. I don't know if that was the case on the PS4, yes. but it's definitely the case on the Vita. You are fighting with the camera. You have to lock and unlock against guys quite a bit. Yeah. And like stupid. when you're attacking, like the the animation's really stiff. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. Yeah. Like everything about it is really stiff. After a while, like as you build up more and more skills, you get quite powerful, and then it's like, oh yeah, look how powerful I am. But it's kind of brainless, right? So mm -hmm. it's a real Sigh. disappointment. And yeah, um, yeah, I I don't know if I'm gonna do it this week. Maybe I'll do it next week. Where it's just like it's kind of a monkey paw game. Like it's like <laughs> be careful what you wish for. You might get it. I you might wish, get it. I was wishing for a sequel to Valkyria Chronicles, and they turn it into like this action game. And people were comparing it to, like, Shining Force. Like, this has apparently happened to Shining Force as well. What a damn shame. Like, even if they had just, you know, monkeyed with the uh, the battle system a little, a little bit like that, like, I would have been able to forgive it if you gave me characters I cared about. If you gave me a, a story I cared about, I don't care. I don't care about Clint Eastwood Fartman or whatever his name was. <laughs> that And that's the thing. Like, I can deal with a different take. Like, it doesn't have to be the same dang thing again, right? Like no, I'm, charm me. I'm okay with like an action kind of style. It's just mm -hmm. really messy. It's a really poorly executed game with kind of a boring story. There was someone, I think it might have been uh, someone who replied to your review either on Twitter or on the story itself just saying Sega obviously has no idea what to do with this series. Uh, it seems like it. Or, the, or, like, or they don't understand why it was popular in the first place. Yeah. Why and it that, seemed that's... to catch on. They're like, oh, well, it was the magical girls with the boobs, right? And like <laughs> the course. awesome like in the awesome setting, it was like, well, no, I, it caught on because it caught lightning in a bottle and had great characters who mm -hmm. and told their stories in really interesting and meaningful ways, and the tactics were great. And maybe most importantly of all, like, it came out in a moment when Japanese RPGs were in a bad place. Mm -hmm. It was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It was exactly what we expected JRPGs to look like in that era on NHD. It had mm -hmm. that wonderful kind of like storybook like quality. Yeah. But there was more to it than that. There was so much in this game, back so much in it. Mm -hmm. um, I loved that if you flipped through, you had like bonus sections that were just pure storytelling. Yes. That was great. I loved that. I loved that you could earn medals and mm -hmm. like go back to the royalty and they'd give you medals. I, and you get a little ceremony. Yeah, with a little ceremony and everything. I loved the the newspaper writer. She was so great. Yeah, she was awesome. I loved her. She was so much fun. Like, the characters all were so memorable and fun and interesting. And and it had, like, uh, like and it had great memorable villains. Like, it kind of had, yeah, it went a little anime with Silveria. Yeah, but, but it was great. But she was a tragic figure. Yes, she was. Um, as a, so, like... I, I hate going, well, it's not as good as Valkyria Chronicles, therefore it sucks. But, like, Valkyria Revolution would not be as good a game anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's a dang shame, because Valkyria Chronicles was a great game. Mm -hmm. It still is a great game. Mm -hmm. So Definitely still play it if you haven't. 
yeah, it's available in HD. You can download it relatively easily. Uh, you should absolutely play it. Looks holds up great. I might actually have you played it on the Vita because I might even just go through it again on the Vita. Oh yeah, no, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, it's available on the Vita. I thought it was just on PS4. Am I crazy? I think I don't know. I thought I looked it up the other day. And I thought it said Vita, but um, I think I'm it's only available on PS4. I All guess right. I could do crossplay, but that sucks. Now I gotta look. This is kind of a, <laughs> this is kind of bothering Sorry. me. Like I, I'm pretty sure it's only available on PS4. Yeah, it's only available on PS4. Okay, so I must have misread something. Yeah, it's, it's so it looks so good that like I don't actually think that it would look super great on the Vita. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about. Uh, ultimately, like the the unfortunate thing that happened about Gary Chronicles was that they tried to shoehorn it onto the PSP because they were trying to go for the most power popular. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they were just trying to go for the most popular platform in Japan at that moment, which was the. Which makes sense. Oh, you can play Valkyria Chronicles on Steam, though. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll just grab it on Steam or something. Yes, but in any case, um, Valkyria Revolution, it's a letdown. And it, it, um, yeah, so. I, I personally can't recommend it, and obviously you can't either. No, it's, it's just not a very good game. And it's, it feels like a squandered opportunity to kind of take the a great series forward. Um, and kind of revitalize it after um, falling down a little bit in the sequels. Mm-hmm. And I hope that this isn't the end. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, I guess j- just to sum up what Kat's saying, go to YouTube and look at the De- the Debbie Downer sound. No. <laughs> that's what Valkyria Revolution is. If it yeah. if this is if this is the end though, if this is the end, then at least we got one really good game out of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that is true. Better one than none, I suppose. Yeah, and you can always go back to the original. Okay, Nadia, we are going to do that thing that we always do. Each episode, we're going to look back at how people were talking about the previous episode. And of course, last week, we were talking about episodic RPGs and dot .hack. And here is what some of the people were having to say. Victoria Hunter says, glad you brought up dot .hack in the era of episodic RPGs. I don't think it's out of the question to attribute my love of episodic RPGs to Xenozaga and Golden Sun at the time. That's another one we've got. Mm, Technically, it's right. only two episodes. Yeah. But it was but still. still ended on a cliffhanger, which was kind of interesting. That fixation continued with the after years. Another loony in my Victor <laughs> mentions the after years jar. Oh, yeah, we have a uh, we have another Canadian here. Uh, Final Fantasy <laughs> we Dimensions, do, yeah. and also led me to one of my favorite games of all time, Live a Live for the SNES. I, think I have a, never played that, but I've always wanted to. I think a part of that episodic RPG DNA is what won me over to a few recent free-to-play mobile RPGs. I can recognize their exploitive, cynical nature, but sometimes I just want a good cliffhanger that I can come back to later. FF14, on the other hand, sits comfortably somewhere in the middle of traditional episodic RPG and exploitive nickel and diming machine. Obviously, they have plenty <laughs> of systems in place to keep you spending money, but the sheer amount of content and story and lore is supremely satisfying. Continuing on, Johnny Boy 407 I'm digging the hell out of Ever Oasis. Such a fun, lighthearted little game. Sounds like you're liking it too, Nadia. I am. Um, it's very much. Uh, it reminds me quite a bit of. Um, oh shoot, I'm blanking. Of Odin Sphere, uh, because it's imperfect by all means, and it is repetitive, but it has that sort of warmth and, and color and mm. fun that I just find very compelling to come back to again and again. We'll have to talk to you about it uh, a little later. See if you're still uh, still digging it. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll find out, won't we? Seems like a cute little game that's going to ultimately fly under the radar. Um, not the least because, you know, it's it's being published by Nintendo, but it's not being pushed that hard. Yeah. By the way, like, uh, you should go check out Nadia's interview with Koichi Ichii, who uh, was the director of Ever Oasis and also Secret of Mana. And, uh, yeah, and followed up right after Ever Oasis, so you should do that. All right, Rider Kicker says, I have only played a few minutes of the first dot .hack after buying the game during clearance and testing it on my computer. As with most games of the era, that was indeed mostly empty space. When there were things on screen, it was pretty interesting. I should go back to it, but the fact remains there are like six games in the main series. I definitely remember the marketing push for this game back when I was reading EGM. It was very intriguing that Bandai was playing an entire franchise with an OVA that came included with at least the first three games. Too bad that the remaster will only focus on the second half, but hey, beats paying through the nose for those. Fingers crossed it will be on the Switch. Yes. I guess we'll see, right? We will. <laughs> uh, Ponchberry says, I was shocked when I found out that .hackGU is getting a remastered collection. I was obsessed with the original Tetralogy series. I was over the moon with excitement in the days leading up to the release of GU Volume 1, but I never even bothered to finish Volume 2 of GU to the, due to the quality drop I felt compared to the originals. Sure, the original Doc Hack games weren't exactly great, but I felt that GU had gotten way too dark, edgy, and self-serious, and that's saying a lot of this franchise. <laughs> I probably would have seen this quality dip coming with the legendary Legend of the Twilight bracelet anime a few years beforehand. Uh, that's what happens, right? Edgelord anime. Oh, yeah. You go to you go to anime conventions, Nadia. You probably see a lot of edgelords. Oh God, do I ever? Uh, <laughs> the ones who dress as a cloud. I don't know if they're like just in character or like if they're just jerks. But when I ask them for a picture, they're always so sullen about it. And finally, Turnbird says, "I can talk about Dot Hack. I played the original <laughs> PS2 games. I watched two of the anime, and I was very engrossed by it all. Messy, navel gazy, and presumptuous as it was." Because that was the thing about Dot .hack. It promised a lot of death, and it certainly had characters pontificating about things a whole lot, but it never really amounted to much. All of the goings-on were ultimately nonsense causes involving weird rogue AI and minds trapped in a fictional game. It's better than Sword Art Online, sure, but it's mostly better because it doesn't sink to SAO's lows. It was still engrossing because of the characters, though. Yoshiyuki Sanemoto, notably the character designer of Neon Genesis Evangelion, was responsible for the designers' designs in the first Dot .hack series in the original anime. He did a fantastic job of designing fantasy characters that are meant to be in-universe video game characters with just the right degree of ridiculous aesthetic and genuine appeal. The personalities were also memorable. It was fun to learn who the players behind the characters were, and they discovered all, ki all kinds of people from all like walks of life. Politicians, high schoolers, models, literal children, people struggling with their sexual identity, Discovering who these people really were was a major chunk of the appeal. That these people were thrust into ridiculous situations and struggling to make sense of it all with each other helped make it engaging. I make no excuses for it. I've definitely consumed better fiction since then, and if I go back to it now, I probably won't find as much to like about them. They're a fond teenage memory for me. Uh, it's too bad, because it sounds like the original Dot .hack was better than GU, which is getting the mm -hmm. remaster, so... <sighs> Alas. Oh, those fond teenage memories. Just, you look yeah. back at things and you think it was so great, and then you, uh, you're scared to even play it again because you know <laughs> they're going to be shattered. Yeah, that was me in Babylon 5, to be honest. I was like, this oh, really? show is oh. so amazing. I love it. It's the greatest sci-fi ever. Then I rewatched it a couple of years ago. Didn't hold and up. And you were just like, eh, flat tire. Didn't hold up. Aw. 
I mean, there are parts of it that I still really loved and like, I will defend it to the death, but Mm -hmm. it didn't hold up. (sighs) Some things hold up. It's the stuff that holds up. That's really special. Yeah. Like I'm worried that Star Fox isn't going to hold up. Oh, Star Fox is totally not going to hold up. Come on. It's not 1993 anymore. (laughs) In my mind, in my heart, it is 1993. But I know that like, I used to play the hell out of Star Fox. Like I, I, I just aced every level without dying. And I know the soundtrack will hold up, absolutely, but I can't really play 10 frames per second anymore. I'm sorry, Nintendo. But I'm going to try. In my mind and my heart, it is 1993. That is the most <laughs> naughtiest statement I have ever heard. Let's make that our new tagline. I still think Star Fox 64 is better, and that is the game of my heart. But I look forward mm. to playing Star Fox. But when I look at this list of games, like a lot of these games hold up so well. Super Metroid... Yeah. Super Metroid holds up incredibly well. Oh yeah, I still go back game. to it all the time. I can go back to it anytime, any place. Mm-hmm. No joke, no hyperbole. Top five game of all time. Like mm-hmm. just. I think it. I like Symphony of the Night a little bit better though. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm fired. You heard it here first. <laughs> all right. Do you have comments on Nadia's crazy opinions? You should send us an email at usgamer at usgamer.net. Acts of Blood God is a US Gamer podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are sold. Please do me a favor. Leave me a review and a rating. If you are enjoying the podcast, tell us what you think. We like to hear your feedback. Especially love it if you can do positive feedback. Share the gospel of the Blood Lord. Share around. The Blood Lord loves it. Uh, we will be, of course, many ways to connect to us. So you can find me on Twitter at the underscore catbot. You can find Nadia at Nadia Oxford. And, of course, follow US Gamer on our various social media channels, US Gamer Net on Twitter and Facebook. And, of course, there's lots of stuff, uh, good stuff on the site. Uh, we've been covering a lot of SNES classic stuff, but you can oh, also yeah. find my reviews of Episode Prompto. And also my review of Valkyria Revolution, where I lay it out bit by bit on why exactly I did not like Valkyria Revolution. If you want still more details on why I did not like <laughs> She's it. very meticulous, people. I was I was determined to be very meticulous with this one. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I got I got a case to lay out here. I do not like this game. So Yeah, and I, I understand. I agree with you. All right. Thank you, Nadia. I appreciate it. We'll (laughs) be back, as always, next week. We'll be talking more about various RPGs. Probably going to be talking about Stormblood, because I don't think I'm going to be able to get it in this week. But we'll see. In any case, uh, thanks for listening, as always. Until next time, for Nadia and myself, we'll see you again. Happy adventuring. (laughs) 